Yo, yo, yo. Hello and welcome back to the Lenko Show. I appreciate it. It has been a long time since I've actually recorded an episode. I am your host, Alex Lenkowski, and well, apologies for the break. There's been obviously a lot going on sort of over Christmas. I haven't been too well either. And also just focusing on working with my own clients and training, training my own athletes. So I've spoken to a few people this morning and decided, well, with their help and a few of their questions, that it's it's a good idea for me to get back on the podcast hype, as well as one of the main, I would say, I can't, I can't really say distractions, but one of my other main priorities, training my dog has also taken care of, uh, accounted for a lot of my time. Um, it was He was one year old yesterday. And he's a big boy. He's about 43 kilos. Um, for those of you that don't know, he is a Doberman. And I'm actually learning a lot about training people from training him. Um, and I will, in later episodes at some point further down the line, I will go into this. I will go into some of the intricacies between training the dog and training people, working with the mental. And it, one of the things that's really strange about working with the dog is obviously there's no verbal feedback there's the dog's not telling you oh do i have to do that oh, i don't really enjoy doing this and you have to kind of read the body language communicate slightly differently in a way that gets more excitement and gets the dog to do something that it, it might not know the rules of the game it might not know what you're doing um people you can explain it a bit more but i think i feel like and i i would hope to think that it actually makes me a better coach in part by doing that as well. Um, anyway, that's 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 kind of what's been going on. Obviously, there's, there's always a lot more going on under the surface, but scratching the top of it, that's that's pretty much the reason for me taking a little bit of a time out from doing the podcast. So I hope you've all had a cracking start to the new year. I hope you're all training well, working hard, enjoying yourselves, being healthy, being fit. Um, my main topic today that... I want to discuss, and this is something I had I had sent to me countless times from a few people, um, and I don't know. I think I get sent a lot of these things because I'm very opinionated on them, and I don't necessarily just keep quiet about these topics. And this was one that I think. When did it occur? It was. I feel like it was before Christmas. Um, let me find the date. No, it wasn't. It was oh, 25th of Jan. So this, this story was on the 25th of Jan. Um, and it was about a young rugby player who I think his dad shared a photo of him on Facebook. And obviously, I think he's 12 years old. And some troll has come out and said that your boy is too big to play um, under 12 rugby, isn't healthy, blah, blah, blah. And here's the thing. A lot of people have jumped to the kid's defence and I, th- I feel like it's it's the right thing to do to defend the child because the child isn't the one necessarily responsible. At that early age, like with my dog, with young humans, you're still trying to learn the rules of the game. You don't know how everything works. You don't understand food, nutrition, sport, physical exercise, calories, healthy living. You, you need to be shown the ropes. You need to be guided and led into the correct behavior and this is literally it like if my dog puts his mouth on my arm 
he's going to get pinged for it. Like that's not acceptable behavior. And in the same way that he's a little bit naive to that, he makes that mistake once or twice, makes that mistake once or twice rather. And then eventually he stops doing it. He learns, oh, this is how I play. I bite the ball. I tug on that. I pull on that and I don't chew your arm. That's the way it's done. And in this case, this 12-year-old lad hasn't learned how to be himself. He's still figuring himself out. So we've got to cut the kids some slack, first and foremost. And my main problem with it, so you, you should never be throwing the insults at the kids. So this young chap should never have to deal with the kind of flack that has been thrown his way online. Like if his dad's posted a picture of him on Facebook and gone, oh, look, here you go, son. Like, look how good that is. You're getting all these comments. And then you see something like that. It's incredibly negative. But we shouldn't shy away from, yes, you can be too big. As a 12-year-old, when you're still physically developing, you're still growing, you want to be fit, you want to be healthy. You don't need to be thrown down that avenue where you are, let's be honest, morbidly obese as a young child. And that, for me, that's firmly and squarely on the shoulders of the parents. Fairly simple. If I was going to throw blame or responsibility at anybody, like I say, it's the person responsible for looking after the child, or in my case, the dog, that has to handle the consequences. And if you're learning to play, learning to run, jump, and you want to be involved in sport, you need to be shown how to do it correctly. And being excessively overweight is not going to be beneficial. It's not going to be beneficial. But what I do hope is that this young chap continues to play rugby. And it is very, very nice, very, very heartwarming to see all the support that he's got from a lot of professional rugby players. I know the All Blacks also um, chipped in with their own words of support. And I think that kind of thing is absolutely amazing. Hopefully it gives the kid the boost he needs, but he needs a bit more support or his parents need to be helped. They need to be shown, look, do this with him. Put this in his diet. Let him eat these kind of foods. Maybe reduce the amount of food he's eating. Maybe reduce some of the junk that's going in, if there is any. I mean, I don't, I, I've got to be honest, like I don't know how the kid's living. I'm just making assumptions based on what I see. And sometimes that's the wrong way to go. So he might be doing all the right things and he's just a growing chap. Ultimately, let's not just accept obesity as normal. I, I do think that that's, <laughs> that is certainly something which is going on. It's not normal. It's not healthy. And it's, it is, I know people have conditions that make them more prone to gaining weight. But if those behaviors like, or at least if you have those conditions, you're going to be more aware of what you put into your body, surely. Or I would have thought so. Or are we just absolving responsibility for our own health and our own body weight? Quite possibly that as well. It's never just going to be one. So you, you need to figure this out. If, if you are one of those people, what is your own individual truth? Are you actually predisposed or predisposed to being morbidly obese? For life, or is it because of your own behavior, your own actions, your own thoughts, your own beliefs, your own nutrition, your lack of physical activity? And 
this is something where I know a lot of people who are suffering with, well, actually, I don't know many people actually who are suffering with long COVID, but I hear about it uh, mainly through radio chat shows. Like whilst I'm working away, I'll listen to a couple. And uh, these people are ringing in talking about how they now suffer with asthma or they're now incredibly unfit or short of breath because of COVID. And I, I always wonder, well, how fit were you in the first place? Because the thing is, if you are incredibly physically fit, if you get hit hard by an illness, and I mean, you do get hit hard by an illness. I was hit very hard at the start of COVID. I struggled breathing for months and I have got asthma as well. But now I'm probably as fit as I have been. I've re- I genuinely, if, if long COVID was a thing, there's a chance I probably had it. I never got checked for it because, well, I'm still here. I'm alive. I can't be bothered. And I know what I need to do to look after myself. So I've just got on with it, to be honest with you. But being physically fit in the first place means you have somewhere to go when you start struggling with an illness. And I, I actually, I feel like this is a great lead into my main topic for today. So if you can build a really solid foundation of physical fitness, no matter what happens to you, whether it's a severe illness, time out, injuries, the comeback is always going to be on. You're always going to be able to get back to at least a reasonable standard of fitness. If you're not very physically fit and you suffer from a severe illness, especially a respiratory one or something that affects your cardiorespiratory system, i.e. heart and lungs, like COVID, then where do you go? If, you, if your system is already under a great amount of stress and it has a low tolerance to adaptive or being adaptive to the challenges that are involved, you are going to struggle. And are you ever going to come back? Is it, is it ever going to be a quick recovery to feeling back to normal? Probably not. So my first line of defence is simply being fit and being fit from a young age. And this leads perfectly into one of the things that I wanted to speak about today, which is kind of, well, it is the reason for this episode. So I posted one of my young guys working hard in the gym the other day. His, his, his mum filmed the video of him doing some heavy sled pulls and he was shifting a fair bit of weight, almost his body weight on the sled. He was absolutely buzzing from it, loving the exercise, enjoying himself in the gym, which as a, as a young kid is 100% the only thing that really needs to happen. You just need to move well and enjoy your training. He's doing a great job of it. And then I got a comment on social media. I'm not going to tell you where it was because I don't want to give the guy any attention for it whatsoever about how resistance training bends bones and causes them problems for later life. Well, it, it couldn't be any further from the truth. So what I wanted to do was kind of break down that bit of misinformation for you now and just, just tackle the complete bollocks that some people still chat when it comes to youth training and working with younger athletes. So at absolutely no point with resistance training programs and when they've been researched, working with young athletes, has <laughs> bending but has bending bones ever been a thing? Now, damage to growth plates is something that often gets 
cited by those who don't really know what they're talking about, but they think it sounds good and they think it sounds legit. And that, quite frankly, with other people who are a bit unsure, scares the crap out of them from wanting to do anything. The injury that can happen to growth weights is if you fracture them. And if you fracture them through physical impact, it can cause some complications. However, those fractures do not occur as a result of weightlifting or resistance training, especially when done properly. They're most likely to occur in in-game scenarios through impact. Now, when it comes to in-game scenarios, we already know that being strong, being fit, being healthy, being able to control your body, having good neuromuscular strength and coordination is going to reduce the likelihood of you landing badly, suffering a heavy tackle. If you can jump and evade it and land again and change direction under control, if you can do all those things, your likelihood of suffering any kind of injury is going to be reduced. Now, I feel like for me, that pretty much puts the whole thing to bed straight away. But the problem occurs is if people get put off because of that kind of information from an early phase and an early age, I know I've worked with people for years now where they've been injured previously. And then as a result, they haven't trained. So they come back into the gym at sort of 40 odd years old or whatever in everything's painful it's like low back it's neck it's leg it's knees they're, they're, they're accounting for about six or seven different injuries and the reason that they stopped playing a lot of sport in the first place or they stopped training in the first place was because they got injured in playing sport whereas if you know your likelihood of getting injured is because is increased because of the lack of training and a lack of physical preparedness and an inability to adapt to random in-game scenarios, then you need to be training. We need to be teaching you how to move from an early phase. And the more we do that, the more we start to educate you on how to move and going through the basics of being able to squat, hinge, push, pull, carry, just brace, breathe properly, control your spinal stability, we can then start to work on landing, jumping, running, changing of direction, working at speed, complicating the drills, adding in some random scenarios. And then when it comes to ball work on the field or you know, playing multi-person games, everything, well, we're, we're a lot more protected. We're a lot more protected from any random scenarios that might occur. So we need to make sure that we are focusing on training and working at an early age to reduce the risk of injuries. So then whether you turn out to be an athlete or not, irrelevant, you then have skills and capabilities that will serve you into later life, whether that means that you can simply get in and out of an armchair at the age of 70, whatever, that might be it for you. That's absolutely fine. If you want to continue to play a little bit of sport, a bit part, here and there, or just do it for recreational purposes, or if you want to be able to play with your own kids as they're growing up, if you've developed these skills yourself, you've got that solid foundation to work from and you can enjoy it a lot more. It becomes a lot more fun, a lot more exciting, not just for you, but also for your kids. So hopefully that dispels 
the the myth of resistance training being bad for youth athletes. It is in fact a much more beneficial thing to do than anything else. And as, again, I'm, I'm sure I've said this in one of my earlier episodes when we we're talking about designing the perfect training program for youth athletes. I think that was with an episode where Tom Blay was in it and I was discussing it with him. But build an aerobic base, build a really solid aerobic base, whether it's through swimming, athletics, cross-country, cycling, you know, pick something that's going to be very endurance-based, allow them to develop their heart and cardiovascular system, and then play multi-sport games, play in a, in a variety of sports, in a variety of contexts, using a variety of equipment requiring various different movement skills, coordination, different balance, different movement patterns, avoid the early specialization because early specialization will result in very strict movement patterns being formed and then leading into overuse injuries. So I think I would possibly cite someone like Jack Wilshere as being a classic example of someone who specialized at a very early age, age of 16, he's playing in the Champions League and then he's gone and suffered multiple injuries. Go and play, try a variety of things. Go play tennis, rugby, cricket, handball, basketball, do athletics, do anything you can. Go and try everything. Go and learn a physical combat sport as well. Develop some hardness and some toughness, not just physically, but mentally. And ultimately, by doing that, especially from an early age, it gives you the chance to find something that you are going to enjoy doing. Because again, you know, working with kids, and I spoke about this in my recent YouTube video, you can't be strict and narrow in your programming. If you've got a variety of things and a variety of section stations or circuits with loads of different movements in, it takes the mental fatigue out of question. It just gives them a chance to bounce from one thing to another. They enjoy little bits of everything. And again, I liken this to training my dog, my young puppy. It's literally a case of he will get bored if you're doing the same work with him for the for two minutes. So you've got to mix it up, try different things, allow them to experience everything and make sure they enjoy their training. Because if you enjoy your training and you enjoy your games, you're going to keep it up. And ultimately, over the course of a lifetime, that consistency, that continuation of being able to do it again and again and again is going to lead to your long-term results. So I hope that's been clear. I know this has been a short episode today. This is just a, a little hello from me. I'm back kind of thing. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Hopefully you'll be tuning in for more episodes from me. If you do want to go back and check any of the work and stuff that I have done recently, go onto my YouTube channel and check that out. There's loads of little videos on there that I've put up recently. Go and have a look there and I will be back again soon. Take care, guys.